This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Praise God. Praise God. So it's just so good. I, I tell you, this transition, how many know life's full of transitions? It's full of different things. It's just full of change. Just about the time you get comfortable or usually what happens is just about the time God is blessing you, all hell breaks loose. And I've been asking God about that. Why must it be like that? Why can't we just live in peace, be in peace all of the time and just roll, 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 roll? And he said it's because God, I mean, Satan is the God of this world. There is somebody fighting for your life. There is somebody out there that is seeking whom he may devour. And quite honestly, he's pretty successful doing it. And he'll attack a church that's about ready to break through. He'll attack a family that's about ready to start. He'll attack somebody that's about ready to get healed. That's where the fight is. It's in this thing we call the middle. Everybody say the middle. Hebrews 12, 2. If you got your Bibles this morning, we're going to turn in and turn up and tune in. Amen? I believe you came for answers. Are we looking for answers today? I don't know about you, but I'm going to put pressure on the Word, not my personality. Come on. I want to put pressure on the Bible because it's life. It is life. I'm so thankful for the life-giving words of the Bible. Remember that song, the B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Remember that? That was three different genres right there. Listen to this, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I believe today we're getting prepared to get to the end. We're in the middle of something, but we're going to get to the end. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, get this, which doth so easily beset us. How many know sometimes this crazy world, sin is knocking on the door every day? Amen. Anybody got teenagers? Come on. The culture is trying to conform our youth, but we need to be transformed. We got to have a transformed mindset. We got to have superhero mindset all the time. We can't afford to conform or be like the world. Amen. We got to be transformed. We got to get the Superman suit out, get in the phone booth and get changed. Somebody say, get changed. He wants to change you. We just got to let him. And it starts by renewing our, help me out, minds. Our minds didn't get saved in the born again experience. Some of you think it did, huh? Oh, thank you, Lord. I believe in you. and I'm saved. I'm born again. Praise God. The rest is history. No, that's when the fight begins. Because it's this thing called cabeza or cecil, right? Brain. We got to get the brain in line with the Word of God, and that's when we begin to see growth. Amen? So here in this scripture, we're being warned. Listen, lay aside. Put it away. Get rid of this stuff. That means we have something to do with these steps. Amen? Say, it's on me. Say it again. It's on me. We can't leave everything up to Jesus. He already did what He was supposed to do. We got to take the ING off of our lives and put an ED in there. 
We're not recovering. We're recovered. We're not saving. We're saved. <laughs> rip that iron ing. Just rip the ing off of it today. And so this sin stuff, this stuff that comes a knocking on our door and says, man, I want in. We got to stop letting it in. The open doors will just drip system stuff will affect us. This is life and death and it's everyday stuff. And I'm getting to a place in my life and in my ministry that I want all windows shut and I want all doors shut so the cold air stays inside. Come on, we're in the desert here. Come on. But it's so easy to open up areas. Right in the middle of stuff. Right when we need victory. Right when there's breakthrough, something goes crazy. Holy Spirit's going to expose what it is. He wants to deliver us and take us from faith to faith. Glory to glory. Amen? So, here we go. Hebrews 12, lay aside this stuff. Exhortation on it. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And then this is where I want to get to. Looking unto who? Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many do you know today that Jesus was a great starter and a great finisher? Come on. Come on, let's do better than that. Jesus, come on. We're talking about the master, the head of the church, was a good beginner and a good finisher. But I have news this morning. He was also great in the middle. Say so it's going to get good. We're just going to go with the flow. He was and is the God of the middle. Whatever you're going through today, He's God of that. Examples of things in the middle. Middle of the road. Everybody any heard that? You know, like stay in the middle of the road. Be careful. Don't go into ditches. There's those, these people out there pre-trib, post-trib, and we got the mid-trib. Come on, middle, middle. We're talking middle now. We've got a midweek service. Ever heard of that? Come on, wave your hand at me. Midweek, come on. How about this? We got a middleman. You might not be the man, but you might be the middleman. You know what I'm talking about? You ever heard that before? Middle, middle, middle. Everybody say middle. We got middle class. We got a middle child. Anybody middle child? Come on. Middle of the night. I've heard this before. Danger is my middle name. I think that's an old western or something. Yesterday we went four-wheel driving in my Chevy Malibu. Pastor took us on an adventure. We were in the middle of nowhere. Dear Lord, I didn't know there were so many roads back here and out there and whatever. Just dirt and dust and sagebrush. Come on, somebody. There is a mysterious middle that exists. We were created for the middle. The biggest middle we will have to steward on this planet is our lives. Jesus wants to be the middle of everything. Right in the center of everything. Get this, eternity will not have a middle. 
Eternity doesn't have an end. As soon as we get shot into glory and when we're in heaven, it's called forever. <laughs> so this short time on earth, it's about that big. It's so short, but yet it's so challenging. And if we're not careful, if we're not renewed in our minds that we are victorious, that we are triumphant in Christ all the time, we can get drugged down and we cannot live to the potential that God wants us to live. Amen? How many of you want to come up? How many of you know if there's people sitting out there, I can feel the draw. You're thinking and saying in your spirit, there's so much more. I've got good news for you. There is. There is so much more. Hallelujah. And so this thing called the middle, we're stewarding it. Many of us right now are in smack dab in the middle of something. Middle of school, middle of college, decisions, middle of a trial, a test. Middle of a healing, middle of a deliverance, middle of a financial breakthrough, middle of a divorce, middle of a marriage, middle, middle in a challenge of marriage, middle of an addiction, middle of a bankruptcy. Come on, we're getting real today. Middle of rejection, middle of doubt, middle of fear. I've got good news, church. God is the middle of all of it. Woo! Come on. How you do the middle is how you're going to end. I'm here today to tell you to get strong in the middle of whatever you're going through and finish strong. Hallelujah. Just recently, and it always happens when things are peaceful and things in your life seem to be good. So you kind of always, as a Christian, I feel like this, you always got to be like, Ready. You know, so I'm just getting some folks ready today because you've been too com comfortable. I'm here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted. Come on. If you're comfortable, don't get comfortable. Here to warn you. It's not like that. We don't have comfort zones when we're faith people. You noticed? That's why the attack is so great because God wants to raise up this ship, this revival center to change the whole area. So is it a wonder things are breaking loose? No. That's what happens when you're in faith. Because you got to believe in the middle. you got to stand in the middle. We're not raising up uh, uh, sissies around here. Come on. We're Barstonians. There you go. We like our salsa hot. Come on, somebody. We don't like that wimpy stuff. We like our chili verde, too. Come on, somebody. Right in the middle of this stuff. And so sometimes when it's peaceful, when, when things are kind of like chill, that's when you got to get perked up. Like Charlie. Charlie's ready to chew whatever he can find, and he's always ready to chew. Leave your shoe over there, his shoe's gone. He's a dog. Sorry. Pastor's dog. Beautiful chocolate lab. Beautiful dog running around out there. He's just as cute as a bug's ear. Great dog. But he's got something in his heart to chew right now. We're praying about that. <laughs> Pastor's praying. We're travailing. No, I'm just kidding. But what I see with Charlie is that he knows his purpose right now, and it's whatever's in his way he's chewing. He's not laying down real long. He's doing something. 
Christians need to be like Charlie, start waking up and make sure things are not going to go crazy. But what happens is we get comfortable in the middle, we get comfortable with our problems, and we stop standing in faith. Can't do that. We're not lazy hound dogs. We're pit bulls. Come on, somebody. We're not, we're not chihuahuas or chihuahua weenies. Come on. Somebody had that, somebody had that dog breed recently. A chihuahua. I said, what kind of dog you got? A chihuahua weenie? What is that? Praise God. Say this. I am not a chihuahua weenie. Come on. We've been raised to fight. We've been raised to go there. We've been raised to destroy the destruction of Satan. Not every house and not every church can carry that mantle, but there's a remnant. There is a tough people out there that has some scars that has said, yeah, I've been to prison, but I'm out now. There's some people with piercings and tattoos that rise up and say, I got God on the inside. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to fight. Come on, bring it up. We're like little mini Manny Pacquiao's, man. We're just little Oscar De La Hoya, one of my favorite fighters back in the day. Come on. We got the fight. But it has to happen in the middle. Some of your middles have been attacked. Your core has been attacked. The very thing that God raised you up for in the middle, some of you have failed. But God wants to be your God in the middle. Come on. Hallelujah. So, peaceful situations. I have a perfect example. Recently, Barbara and I were in our beautiful lake home, recharging, getting ready for this big seven-week trip, 5,000 miles, eight cities, two months on the road. How many of you know you're a part of that? Come on. You give into our ministry. You're a part of every city. You will meet Navajos, Peruvians, Christians, white people, black people, Asian, Chinese. Come on. You got a family waiting up there. That's all I'm saying. We're going to party. We're going to do some barbecuing in heaven. Come on now. But anyway, we're, I'm laying in bed. Barbara is zonked out, snoring. She's gone, man. She's just, whoo. And I'm like, praise God. I, my eyes just opened up. I'm looking at the ceiling, and it's something in my spirit said there's something in the house. I'm going, wow, pitch dark. So I'm nudging Barbara, you know, I want her to get up and check it out. I'm like, come on. Your faith will be tested when fear shows up. Come on, somebody. I thought I was all faith man before I went to bed. And at that moment, I was like, come on, baby, get up and get get some stuff going here. So all of a sudden, I'm just, I mean, it's like that thing, you know, you're sweating bullets. You're kind of like, yeah. You're almost shaking, and I'm just looking at the ceiling going, something or someone is in the house. And I'm going, this is, you know. Went from peaceful sleep to... And then, you know, your brain starts working. What if they got a gun? What if it's this? What if they're bigger than me? What if I can't take them? All of a sudden, I'm looking up. And a bat got in our room. Now, at first, I thought I was seeing visions. I thought the Lord was bringing a sermon to me or something. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> was something weird going on. I mean, it was because it's three in the morning. I'm just waking up. I mean, I'm just kind of coming out of slumber here. 
all of a sudden I see whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. This, I see shadows, man. I'm like, oh, we are under full attack mode right now. And guess what? Barbara's still sleeping. I'm thinking, come on, Rayma grad, get up. I'm, I'm still trying to get her up. She's still sleeping. Whoosh, whoosh. And that thing, I could feel the wing speed coming by my head and this chaotic thing is going on. And finally, Barbara's kind of, what's going on? I said, I think there's a bat in our room. She says, a what? I says, a bat. She says, get it! <laughs> it's like, what have you been waiting for, right? Complete chaos. I grab two pillows because I sleep with three. One between my legs, one I hug, and one I sleep on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and they all three need to be cold. I don't know why. Come on. Got some three pillowers in here today. Come on. So I'm all comfortable, peaceful, and then <laughs> under attack, man. This thing got in. And they get into small places, little cracks, little areas, little little things. And I'm like, dear Jesus, we I roll out of bed, man. I got two pillows now. They turned into boxing gloves. I felt like I was fighting Mike Tyson. I was swinging, and I knocked the lamp off of the nightstand with my glasses. They went flying. So now it's even worse. I can't even see. I'm just like, where, what is going on? Barbara flicks the light on. This thing is swooping in. She rolls out on her side, and somehow, some way, underneath the bed were three little sticks about that round, about that long, and she's got a head bandana around, and she's going. <laughs> and I'm swinging pillows. I hit her more than I hit anything else. Chaotic. This thing was swooping in and out. She's got these little sticks. She looked like a little ninja warrior. Wow. Like, what is up? Then we go out into the family room. This thing goes on for five to ten minutes. Levi's door shut. The teenager's totally asleep at this point. Where is my son? We're under attack. How many of you know we want the church to fight our battles for us? When he's called us to fight them. I didn't need Levi or Barbara, but it just so happens to be the Lord was teaching me something while I'm under attack. So I'm out in the family room, and I'm going to tell you, it sounded so weird. We were grunting and swinging. Finally, I get a text from Levi, and Levi says, did you just have an asthma attack? (laughs) No, as a matter of fact, I didn't. Get out here and help me fight. Come on, we're people of faith in the middle. We're not going to get to the end if we don't stand and fight in the middle. And with all of our energy, my me esposa and myself started swinging for the fences on this bat. Levi, resting, sleeping. There's men in here today where your kids need peace. They're not called to fight your battle. You gotta rise up and fight for your family. I don't care if it's a bat, or whatever gets in there. And it happens. 
so interesting is this, this whole moment of in the middle of an attack of, of a bat. We got delivered because the bat went downstairs for that night. So we go to bed at five in the morning. We're exhausted. We wake up the next day exhausted. How many know sometimes when you're fighting so hard in faith, you get tired, man? It's like, oh, I mean, this is like, wow, I've been fighting for my kids. I've been fighting for my marriage. I've been fighting for things that just don't, man, fight, 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 fight. And that's what we felt like the next morning. We were wiped out. Hair all over the place. Bats still in the house. What do we do now? Now we've got to go on the lookout. I'm kind of awake. Barbara's been up. She wanted to go downstairs to do some laundry, so she was first in. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. She goes downstairs. She comes up, and she gets into the bed. She says, oh, my God, it's in the laundry room. It's laying on the sill. And I said, go get them, baby. Go get them. You got this. Got this. So long story short, I interceded in the, in the upper room. Levi and Barbara suited up. Levi had big, long yellow gloves, boots on, shorts, socks pulled up to his knees, goggles. Come on, my team was aligning. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit and power is beginning to align you to give you power to fight in the middle. So now they go down, and I'm praying, and all I can hear is doors slamming and whoop. I just kept, I kept getting deeper into intercession. Father, thank you. This thing is going to be gone in Jesus' name. Get out of my house. Hey, how many know somebody's got to prepare the way in the Spirit, right? It was crazy. So here it is. I finally heard something fly out the front door. And I looked out from the top window, and there was a salad spinner. You, know the, you ever seen one of them? <laughs> That's kind of weird. You put salad in it, and you spin stuff. And Barbara had a salad spinner strategically located in the laundry room. Don't ask why. <laughs> there is a story behind that, but we won't share that. So, it's there. Long story short, she captured this thing, got it in the salad spinner, and threw it outside. Amen. Hey, Barbara. If it wasn't for prayer, <laughs> come on. We're in the middle of stuff. The bat ended up living. We didn't kill it, but it flew off. Praise God. But the Lord is preparing us for the greatest battles that we'll ever see in this end times. When things are peaceful and things are calm, this is where things happen. Some of us have gotten spiritually lazy or spiritually comfortable in the middle. But today, the Holy Spirit is highlighting your middle. What does that mean, your middle? You've got that middle. I like to say it like this or give an example. When you're a baby, little, little miho, you don't care. Is that true? Everybody? 
When you're a baby, you don't care. Does anybody remember when they were a baby? Like, really little? I mean, that's pretty much, see, we don't care. It's like, wah, feed me, all this kind of stuff. This new little baby up front here, don't care. He is so content, just chilling in mama's arms. It's peaceful up in here. He's like, maybe the preacher's getting a little loud, he's probably thinking. But I mean, in that little baby, I see a little baby, 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 baby thing here. And they're just, they don't care. And here's the other thing. When you're dead, you won't care. So where it all happens is in the middle. When things began to change in our lives and we do care and we want to care, this is where God wants to build his people in Barstow. We want to be strong people in the middle. Say that today. I'm strong in the middle. Say this. I was created for the middle. Amen. I love Philippians 1, 6. Check this out. This is a great scripture to kind of segue into this. It says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. (laughs) In that Scripture we have began the good work. You believe God's begun something in you. Come on. Get a little more excited about the beginning. Come on. Has Has He called you to this church? Has he begun? Has he delivered you from something? Brought you into a new place? Brought you into new territory of being renewed in your mind? He's brought you into something. That's your beginning. And then I love this word "continue." This is where the fight comes. We got to continue in Him, and then it says until it is finally finished. So He's the author, finisher, and come on, somebody. Help me out. Say it. The the middle. Praise God. As Christians, we don't have midlife crises. Amen? We don't have to have a midlife crisis to, to be cool or, you know, trying to drive the fancy car. And I mean, we, we, we're in midlife, some of us, and this is the place where we need to fight is what I'm trying to say this morning. Here's a story in Mark 4. I want you to see through Jesus' eyes. We're going to share a story. You're going to get some things from this. It's, it's really a powerful demonstration of how faith people are supposed to live in the middle of something. And in this particular story, we know, we, we know the, the backdrop is Jesus just did a bunch of ministry in a certain area. And his disciples, he was very tired. He, he, evening was coming, you know, it was about that time for dinner. The, the sun's going down. Jesus just got done just working, working, just praying over people. Miracles busting out in Mark 3 there, right? And then it says this, uh, at the same, uh, and that same day, when evening was come, he, that's Jesus, said unto them, get ready now, let us pass over Onto the other side. Let us pass over to the other side. See, sometimes the miracle is not right where you're at, but it's on the other side 
of something. And so Jesus speaks the word. He says, let's go there. Let's get over there. I'm here right now, but I want to get there. We've got to get there. If we don't get there, we're not going to get or do what we're supposed to do over there. Some of us spiritually are here, but we're not going there. How do I? How many of you know today we're going to get there? Amen? The Lord wants you to get to the other side because there's something there. And so here we have, and when they had sent away the multitudes, they took Jesus, even as he was in the ship, and they were also with him, there was also with him, sorry, other little ships. Can you see the scenario? Jesus is in the main ship, a bunch of little ships all around. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Isn't that something? Just when Jesus says, you need to get to the other side, a storm comes. What? Here again, that would be considered like Jesus' bat story. Everything was going good, and he needed to get to the other side. Many of us are on the lake and sea of life. We've launched out a little bit, but there's a storm. It's in the middle of this. Now the boat's getting filled up with water. The wind is great. Things are just, wow. And he was in the back part of the ship. Get this, guys. Asleep on a pillow. How many know that's a big pillow? Asleep on a pillow. He might not have had three, but he had a big pillow. Jesus was zonked out. He was enjoying something we call a nap. In the middle of the storm, Jesus was sleeping. I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to wake up somebody in your family when they're in a nap, like at three in the afternoon? Anybody try? I did it once with Barbara. She zonked out on a Sunday afternoon, and I come in to her and I go, Hey, honey, you want to go run? <laughs> just went cray-cray on me. I mean, it was like, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, go back to sleep. Huh, wives, come on. Have you ever woken your husband up from a nap? This precious three-letter word that men live for sometimes, when we can. Wife comes up to you. You're rubbing your eyes. Things are confusing. You're like, wow. Levi's done it to me. He's coming in, you know, and I'm trying to take this nap. And Hey, Dad, you want to go play basketball? No. I want to take a nap. We see the Master wanting to rest. Take a quick nap. It's been a busy day for Jesus. So many of us keep waking Jesus up. Let him sleep. Because you can use your faith. Check it out. And he was in the back part of the ship. They woke him up. Master, don't you care? And as he arose, he rebuked the wind and said unto the wind, or the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. We could end right there, but I'm a faith man. I'm not going to end there. 
Thank God Jesus calmed the sea in my life again. (laughs) Praise God. We were called for tragedy. We were called to suffer. Praise God. He got me through again. Mercy, grace. Woo, the sea is calm. But then what happens? It gets rough again because it's not a one-time shot, baby. You got more than one issue coming at you. Guaranteed. Some of us are in the middle of seven things right now. Here's what the rest of the Bible says. And he said unto them, getting ready for the loaded question, why are you so fearful? I love this next question. How is it that you have no faith? And do you know, two questions were asked and none of them answered the question. Wow. Look at it. None of them. None of them said, Lord, I repent. I could have taken care of business. I could have let you sleep. My bad. Nobody. It says they just feared exceedingly. They said, who is this that he can even calm the seas? Just a chapter before that, he was doing miracles. And now they're like, who is this? Come on, say this. I'm getting equipped for my middle. Because the middle's been breaking out all hell. People are looking at you going, they're going through something. How many know we're all going through something? How many know together we can get to the end? Amen? Come on, love each other. No embarrassment in the house of God. Come on. We're a family. We're so to love each other and so to help each other in these moments. You might got something that somebody needs. So in this story, we're seeing Jesus say, what is going on? Where's your faith? Come on, guys. You've been with me. You've seen me heal people. You can calm storms in your life. You can, dads, you can say, no, rebuke you, storm, rebuke you, evil thoughts, rebuke you. We don't have to have that in our house. Close the door, shut it out. And if it was caused by you, repent and move on. Close the door. Come on. We're coming up. I want to be that dad. I want, to, I want to be that father that leads his family and says, no, we don't have to put up with this stuff no more. So many of us are putting it up, putting up, putting up. And some of us need big change in the middle. Some of us need healing. Some of us are operating in anger. Some of us are operating in fear. We need to just, oh, God. I want to give it to you today. I want to be done with this. These guys could have humbled themselves instead of saying, well, who are we following now? The seas are calming down over this thing? Wow, he's really great. No! Jesus was trying to get them something. He was trying to tell them, you can fight in the middle of a storm. That's the kind of church this is. It's telling you, no, it's not God's will that you're sick. It's not God's will that you're broke, busted, and disgusted. No! You can take that religious cow and kick it over and say, no, God, you're so good. We sing about His goodness. We talk about His God is good all the time. We say these things. 
But do we believe it, people? Do we say, yes, Lord, we have an enemy that's stealing. We have an enemy that's robbing. Robbing our families blind and our kids are so desensitized to these things we call cell phones. They're walking around like zombies. Satan's getting in through our phones and our iPads. We don't even know it. We look like the world. We act like the world. But the anointing of God wants to change your middle. Your core. Come on, somebody. i got a mid-drift. Come on. I need some abs. I need to work out. Come on. Our core is the most important part of this season of our lives. There's families that are dying and hurting. Our kids are locked into pornography. I'm telling you, fornication is so wrong. Sexual sins, man, they got swallowed up in the desert way back in the Old Testament. It's going to happen again. Churches are going to close because of the fire of passion that people can't hold. I'm warning you, church, don't buy the lie. Stand in faith in this season because we want to bring Christ back. We want Him to come back in glory and power. He doesn't want to come back for a broken down bride, man. Can you imagine a bride on her day, man, with black eyes? Nice dress. Just beat up, bruises everywhere. Jesus does not want to come back for that. He wants to come back for a glorious church. A church that can stand on its own two feet. There was a day in my life I struggled with anger. It's been long enough now so I can share it. But I was a hothead, prideful punk. Jesus ripped my heart of stone out. And He put in a heart of flesh where I love people so much. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. By the Holy Ghost. There's a reason for it because there's unlovable people. It could be your husband or your wife. But come on, the Holy Ghost is shed up in there. It'll make you love people you never thought you could love. And I had this anger thing. I don't know what it was or where it got in in life, but this frustration. I was a thrower and a hitter. Walls. I'd love to hit walls. You know, like, what? Oh! Break my hand four times, but I kept hitting walls. What a knucklehead. And oh, so mad, so angry. One night I got home, drove truck 70 hours a week, burned out, bitter at the world, had a calling of God on my life, didn't know how that was going to happen. Money problems in the middle of so much garbage. And my wife, standing in the back room, she's got her got phone in one hand, a TV remote in the other, said, I need to talk to you. We started talking, and we started arguing. Then it started getting more elevated. Oh, oh, you did this. Then this and that and everything else. And you notice in those arguments, it goes back 30 years. You give Satan a drip system of anger, he's going to bring in all of these problems from when, oh my God, before you were even saved, you did what? Here's this guy. Leader of his home. And I get so angry and it starts building up. And I took my hand and I swiped like that. 
and it knocked the phone out of her hand. Phone goes flying into the corner. No scriptures were working at that moment. I was in the middle of something that I didn't take care of. There was an end result for me because at that moment, the phone automatically dials 911. Now, they're hearing the argument. Being recorded. About ten minutes later, the police get there. Now, this is years ago, and I'm sharing this because somebody needs to be delivered today. I'm a real preacher. Come on, somebody. I haven't arrived. i got some stories that will help you out. There's some men in here. You need to dump that stuff. So anyway, we get out there. Now the cops are there. Levi's really little, so praise God. The grace of God. He still thinks Dad's a hero, and I am. we got to get this out of the way early. And so... I can remember it as clear as yesterday. Barbara had put up with. She believed enough in me to stay for a bit, but it got nasty. And there was coming to a point of my middle becoming an end to this situation. And this is how I chose it would come. We're in charge of our lives, people. So here we go, right? The Brian way. The hard way. If I'd have just listened two years ago and not gotten all bent out, and if I'd have just kept that down, if I'd have exercised self-control, this moment in life wouldn't have happened. But there's always an end to the sin. Come on, somebody. And ultimately it leads to death. Satan wants to kill you. He don't like you. Especially when you got God in you and you got a plan of God on your life. So here it is. I'm just like rolling with this. And I see red and blue lights flickering all throughout the whole neighborhood. First first thing, shame and embarrassment. Second, I see my wife over there. They're interviewing me, interviewing her. And they ask her, ma'am, what do you want us to do with him? Like I was some kind of like caged animal. What do you want to do with it? What do you want to do with this wild, wild thing? Still not taking responsibility. Still thinking, oh, well, if that, if she didn't do that, and if that didn't happen, and if, oh, I'm telling you what, the Lord's going to get her good for doing this to me. I'm telling you. She pushed that 911 button, found out later she didn't. Thinking, all, conjuring up all these excuses to protect my messy middle. Anybody here? Anybody here? So, this is happening. Now, they look at her and say, what do you want to do? You know what she said? Take them in. <laughs> what? Police right here. I'm going, what? What? How could you? Take you? You're going to take me? <gasps> oh, that's it. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? We get pride and non-teachable and ugh.
So guess what? They took me in. And I don't know why it bugged me at that moment, but it was a woman police officer. I'm in the back seat now, having a ride in the police car. They're taking me to this special substation, not the real station, but the substation. And I'm trying to talk to this lady. I said, what are they going to do to me? She goes, you don't want to know. (laughs) Is that all about nasty? Just, it just made me even more mad. I mean, what do you mean? I said, she says, you just, you're going to have to find out. She goes, but it wasn't good. We got you on tape. She says, I would suggest don't fight anything because, you know, this thing is like my middle was being attacked. And then after all that, I get to a place now where I have to come in front of a judge. And I'm like, oh, hardest day of my life, one of them few more. I really am saved. <laughs> I mean, it's going to get better. There's an end. There's good. We're just, we're in the middle right now. We're kind of in the middle. You know what I mean? We're going to get to the end. And so, you know, I remember now the judge says, all right, you know, this is kind of like your first deal and stuff. So he says, we'll, we'll do this. But he says, I want you to go to eight weeks of anger management. So I'm like, oh man, like, I don't need that. I'm okay. You know, this was just a one-time thing. I mean, I'll be fine. It'll be easy. I'll get through the eight weeks. Father, thank you that I can get through this little storm. The eight weeks is going to be a breeze. I'll just go in, you know, maybe have one earphone in, listen to my favorite song. I mean, it's going to be good. I'll go do this thing. So I get to the anger management group, and this this guy, the Lord puts people in your life to get you to the next step. And he was an ex-military Marine drill sergeant. I was the guy that brought donuts the first day and some coffees for my fellow anger management peeps. And I walked in and said, hey, guys, I got some donuts, man. Like, and the, the military drill sergeant says, throw them out. Throw them out? What? I was just trying to be. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Did I tell you to talk? He said, shut up and sit down. I didn't ask you to bring donuts. Oh, Trying to be the friendly guy, man. Work the crowd at anger management. Come on. What? Still calloused, man. Not seeing clearly. And so, then throughout this process, I mean, I was, I knew in my heart that God sent this guy. He hated me and I hated him. We had a mutual agreement. But over the course of time, as they began to give me tactics, and uh, strategies on how not to blow my top. First thing they taught me was, you don't have any buttons to push. you got to get over yourself, buddy. Training, applicable training. How many know you don't get this in church sometimes? I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying, we could have one, but my God, you'd have to admit I'm wrong. I mean, come on. So I'm in this place of a middle, and I'm going... All right, Lord, work with me now. I'm beginning to understand more about me. There's been things unboxed in my life that I was just this kind of guy, that, that, this, that, that this old man was still in me even though I was new. How does that happen? How does that happen? Because the Bible in Colossians says we're to put off the old man and put on Christ. Come on. It's just like your clothes. Every day you've got to put it on. 
Say this, put it on. But you've got to put it off to get it on. Come on. And so in this middle of this situation and everything I'm going through, I had one steady for sure thing. It was my wife. She was my now new accountability partner. There was times we would be in the kitchen and I was, oh, kind of tossed a ketchup bottle or said, ah, ah, ah. What did he say? Oh, yeah, count to 20. That was a strategy thing. If you get to 20 and you don't blow it, you're doing all right. The Lord molding me, working with me, <laughs> working with all the rough edges. Come on, how many know Barstow's got some rough edged people? Do you agree? You know, it's like, all right, yeah, there's some things, mold, there's some molding going on, some chiseling, hammering, you know. Me, I was getting molded, molded for Christ. He was creating a new thing in me. I needed to address this thing, I needed to address my life, my situation, and. My wife stayed there right with me, and she was, ah, 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 ah. If you're Mexican, you know that. You get that little. And when it comes a little Spanish in there, you go like, okay, okay, calm down. <laughs> calm down. And so I'm dealing with that, but she, it's, it's an accountability thing. I began to get delivered. I began to submit more to my wife and more to my family. And I went from angry it's my way or the highway kind of guy. I know everything kind of guy. So today I am the most, and I can tell you, I believe I'm one of the most humble people because God, because God changed my heart. Because in the middle, the reward that God wants to give you is worth fighting for. But we are challenged to give up in the middle. And I can only say I'm glad that my wife and my God didn't give up on Brian in the middle. Come on. Some of us have these middle things, man. We're like, gosh, we want to do good. It's been peaceful. But then all of a sudden, every time I turn around, Something happens, something destroys, something steals. Friends, I'm telling you today, a slight pivot, a slight adjustment will bring you into the glory and the grace and mercy of God like you've never felt before. But it requires action. It requires things in our hearts to change. You know, I played basketball in college, loved basketball, did a lot of college stuff. And one of the most important moves was the pivot move. When you, when you kind of lock up and you're guarding somebody, it was kind of like both feet are planted. You can have the ability to protect that ball. You know what I'm talking about? Pivoting. If you lift this leg, it's traveling, so that's not good. But if you keep one solid down, you protect that ball. I said you protect the rock. You've got the Word of God today. The precious faith that your pastors have laid this groundwork and laid some solid things is worth protecting. And it determines on what we do and how we do it and how we come and how we, how we as a people here, as a Barstonian raised up, called people, how we come and how we act and why we're coming and why do we do what we do. It's our middle. And at some point, there's going to be an end to the middle. That's a good place to shout. 
Did you hear what I said? There will be an end to this crazy, messy middle that's been going on. Come on. Laying in bed, praying, praying to get here. And the Lord kept saying, this church is a beacon, a a leading church for the revival that America needs. And the people have to be strong. If you're here today and you're a visitor, you're not really locked in. What does that mean, preacher? Locked into a church means there's two things you want to end up doing. You want to end up coming. Check it out. Right. Feel the love. Right. But then instead of just sitting, you began to let the Holy Spirit work with your heart and say, where can I serve? What what is that you've called? We believe people are called to a church, to a people, to a city. You, you do that. You, 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 you find out where you can serve. What, what does that look like? Well, you, you go up to the pastors and you say, hey, I, I just have a little extra time in this. Can I serve? And then the other way is giving. Putting your money in proof of your sincerity, as the word says, where your mouth is, and actually give to a work that has the ability to change people's lives. Is that important? So the calling of God on your life to be here, it's not just for show. It's not an accident that you're here. And the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and said that the attack in the middle has been so great and such a shaking going on and such a sifting that it could feel like I want to give up or maybe maybe I don't even belong there. Maybe I shouldn't be there. Lie. That was deep. Satan is so cunning, so deception. His main thing is lying and deceiving. It's what he did with Eve right out of the garden, man. Bam. Lied to her right out the gate. There's been people on the fence. I don't know. It could be better over here. You better check your heart. Because you leave the place you're supposed to be, your middle will stay messy. God wants you where he, His glory can change you. Scripture in the, you know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, this Bible that we preach for correction, rebuke, exhortation, train you up. Come on. We should embrace correction. When I went through my certain thing I told you about with the anger, there was one thing Barbara said through our whole marriage, and she still says it most of the time. She says, there was one thing about you. She says, you were always willing to change. You were teachable. I was crying out for help, didn't know what it was, had to locate myself. Lord's working with us, amen? He wants us to be ambassadors, soldiers of the cross, not ready to fight at all times, not, not broke up. And then I, I love what the, the, the Bible says in First Peter, and we're going to kind of start wrapping this up. I want the Holy Spirit just to saturate this for you. Just let it hit your heart. Let it, let it come into a place where, man, I'm gonna, I want to walk out of here just that much better today, man. I, I'm, that's my heart for today. I, I just want us as a church body to just be like, man, and, and I know some of you grandma and grandpas in here, man, and some people that are watching people going through their middle from afar off, you can be the worst problem. Pray for them. Don't try to be their mama. 
their grandpa or what, you know, whatever you are to them. These people that we love in the middle, go into your prayer closet. Pray heaven down on them. Pray heaven down on your, you know, your daughter-in-law that you kind of isn't good enough for him or whatever, you know. We went through all that. Or, you know, these, these people we know that are in addiction and we, you know, we just stroke them and we're not like, oh, what are you doing? And we make them feel a certain way. I mean, love them. Love them like you've never loved and just, just be there for them and pray for them. Prayer works so good. It is such a powerful source. Your husband might be cranky today, but praise God, he could kiss you and love you tomorrow. Through prayer, we can do these things. And we don't have to be so in the way of our kids. I know some of you love your kids so much, but let them be adults. They can't do it off of your faith anymore. They might have to hit their nose. They might. I mean, is that okay, Pastor, if I talk about that? You're learning to grow up. We're all learning. We're all in a place. We're all in a middle. But I'm here to say today that it's worth the fight for your reward. First Peter says, so be truly glad. Or it says in another translation, so be truly laughable. Laugh about it. There is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure, come on, endure many trials for a little while. I mean, many trials. Anybody feeling that lately? Like, man, Brian and Barbara and Levi, we've been through so many trials, but Lord, it's worth the fight in the middle. And these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Aren't you glad that the people out there on the the interchange over there where the Starbucks is at, that when when you walk into Starbucks, they look at you and go, there's somebody with genuine faith. They really are fighters. There are people out there that need fighters alongside them. This scripture tells us that even when we're being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, through your faith, put your name there, through Robert's faith, through Miguel's faith, through Lupe's faith, through Steve's faith, through David's faith, is far more precious than gold. Think about it. You mean our faith is more precious than gold? Yes. The fight of faith is worth it. So when faith, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And I love what James 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity to laugh. Consider it great joy. We need to embrace our middle today. We all need to be sitting next to each other, nudging each other and say, your middle looks bad, but God's going to get you through. Come on. Come on. we got to put down the fake and phony and let God work out families. More precious than gold. I want to rejoice in your trial. I want to say, man, congratulations today. You're going through a middle thing. We are called to embrace the magnificent middle and to get to the end of our faith in all these areas that God wants to work on us. But we have to take responsibilities. Brothers and sisters, listen to me this morning. From corner to corner where the Holy Spirit has been touching our hearts, I don't need to give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom this morning. We need good old-fashioned repentance. We need God to come in and burn the fire of things out we've been going through and say, Lord, I finally give up. 
The old man is beginning to try to take its hand out of the grave. Trying to catch our ankles. But we're supposed to crucify that old sucker. I said sucker in church. I can't believe it. Just about the time we're resurrected, man. Just about the time we feel like we're coming up. There comes that little arm out of the grave. Trying to pull you back. Pull you back into something you've been trying to get out of for so long. We as a country need an awakening. We men need to love our wives like never before. Treat them like we've never treated them before. With grace and royalty as they are. Wives, we need to love our husbands. We need to love our kids, men. Getting so tired of all this other stuff of, man, words of knowledge and, well, I got a word for, I mean, it's not that it's bad. You get what, get my heart. But we've been through that so many times, haven't we? We, we, yeah, the Lord tells me stuff about you, but it's corporately. There's individuals in here that are so needed here that your supply of the Spirit has been shut down, that the water faucet's been turned off. Because your middle is winning. But God wants you to win the middle. Come on. He wants you to win the middle. Corner to corner, top to bottom, the Holy Ghost and the glory fills this house. so interesting there was a kid in Kingman, Arizona just this trip several churches back he came up he's going through some stuff I, I noticed scar after scar on his arms he's what you call a cutter our youth are frustrated man they are so miserable with the world trying to bring them into their plan and their purpose when God has a better plan. Come on. This young man is just cut. I mean, he's cutting himself. You can see the scars all up and down his arm. Long hair. Kind of looked like Kid Rock a little bit. 24 years old. And he's up at the altar. He gets born again. Gave his life to Christ, but he hung out. And I'm like, man, I want to go love on this guy. He looked different than me. He acted different, but I wanted to get to know him. And I, I went over to him and I reached out my hand. I said, son. As soon as I said, son, tears started running down his face. I said, son, God's got a plan for you. It's a powerful plan. He says, I know, but I don't know what to do. I says, what are you dealing with? What is this? I mean, come on. I want to love you right now, man. Come on. I even said, get up, hug me, bring it in. Me and Levi do this thing when we're kind of not flowing right. We'll say, bring it in. And we are, we are supposed to hug at that point. Just bring it in. And every once in a while, one of us is a little more prideful at that moment. So we're like, no, oh, I'm good. We look at each other. Bring it in. I don't want to bring it in. But we had an agreement. Bring it in. And we hug. Something happens. It's relationships that want to be healed. 
It's relational. Isn't it? God's got millions of people in his family. And he's hurt when we hurt. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing this guy with hurt, man, all over his face. I'm like, I don't know what I can do, but I want to love you. And I reach out and I began to just love on him, man. He couldn't hug me. I mean, it was like, you know, you ever hugged a fence post? <laughs> I wasn't getting nothing back. So many of us want love back. But in this season of your middle, you're just supposed to love. One party or another is going to have to cave in. And I'm just, my heart's going to him, and I'm like, I want to love you, man. You're kind of unlovable right now. In fact, you're kind of annoying, but I, I held on to him. And he says, I'm dealing with these thoughts and things, man. Suicide's been coming. I says, bro, you don't have to do any of that. I loved on him for 45 minutes. And the next day there was like a picnic in the mountains of uh, Arizona. We were going to do some music. And I says, man, I says, you have to come back. I want to meet you again. I want to, I want to just hang out. Come on out. So I get there, and the first person there was this guy. I'm like, come on, yeah. See, I'm on a mission to love one. I've been at your Starbucks. I drive 40 minutes in. I don't care. I want to see him. And I'm just so in love with people. And this kid, he, I just, I go over to him, and he busts out his phone. And he, um, he starts reading all these rap songs he wrote. One after another. I mean, a lyrical genius. He's reading them, and I'm just like, wow. Wow. It was in him. But his middle was getting attacked. And I'm like, man, come on. Come on. There was one thing he wrote. He took ten minutes to read it. Just utterance coming from it. I'm like, I don't even like, like rap music, but man, come on. The words were great. It was good. It was word. It was, and I said, son, no matter, I said, no wonder, is what I said, no wonder you've been attacked. No wonder. You got, you got something you got to complete and finish. And my heartbeat and my mission in life is to get the young generation to fulfill the call of God on their lives and, and the elders. We're called of God for elders to let them know that there is a finish for all their hard work and there is an end to the faith. Come on. We gotta help each other out. Sometimes we gotta drag each other a little bit. And so this young man stuck, uh, he stuck around even more and he, he came up to me and says, I gotta talk to you. Can you, can you stay? So it was just me, him, Barbara and Levi in the Wallapai Mountains. And I says, what is it? He says, I got more to tell you. He began to share all these things. And I said, son, I got a word for you. You need to forgive your mom. You need to forgive your dad. Just wept. I mean, right in front of you, just bent over. He says, I think, he says, I think I'm demon possessed. I said, well, let's take care of that right now. I said, in the name of Jesus. 
You foul, unclean spirit, come out of him in the name of Jesus. There was a little fit. Thing took off. Still out in the mountains somewhere, trying to figure it out what hit him. He looks up at me with a new face and a new eye, completely delivered. People want to hang out with fighters. Let me say it again. People out there want to hang out with fighters. Ain't time for a wimpy church. Come on. It is, it is getting, I can just see this church flexing right now. We can take our faith from flabby to famous. But we got to fight. And every trial you've been through and every trial you're going through is where you stand, it's where you embrace it. And if it's something God's dealing with you about, I'll keep talking, but this altar is open. This is between you and God today. I ain't going to touch anybody. God's going to touch you. Because He can do the deep work. So it's up to you how long you want to go. We can go to 2 o'clock or we can get it rolling right now. If you're in the middle of something, you know you need to be up here. It's time. Come on, that's it. You're on my heart. There's big things for you, man. Good stuff. Come on. Come on. Let's let the Holy Spirit minister today. Come on, just pack it in. Family style, just like an Italian restaurant. Come on. Come on, it's big out here. It's big. The Lord knew you needed a big altar. Come on. Fighters need a big altar this morning. Come on, press in. Press in. Come on. Come on, guys. Just That's it. Just come on. We're going to pray together. The Holy Spirit's going to do all the work. Trust me. It's going to start happening as you get here. The anointing of God is hovering this place right now. He's raising up a people. The middle's been tough. God's going to get you through the middle. Come on. Raise your hands today. Levi's going to start singing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.